This is the Relevant Podcast. It's Friday, October 16th, 2020, and it's the Relevant Podcast. Here in Orlando, I'm your host, Cameron Strang, and joining me from Loverland, Virginia, it's Jesse Carey. Hello, hello. From Austin, Texas, it's author, podcaster, Jamie Ivey. Hey, guys. Brand new author, again. Thank you. Author times, was this, two? two? Yeah. yeah. Wow. And, awesome. From Nashville, Tennessee, artist, producer, mogul, who just dropped a new single I saw the other day, Derek Miner. All right, all right. <laughs> what happened with... You released a new music video online, yeah. But a website like released it too early, and then you had to like. <laughs> is that, I no, just remember that's not, that. That's not true. I, that's not true. I just like making fun of Rapzilla all the oh. time, so I just mess with them all the time. But yeah, no, nah, because nah, you had nah, it planned for a Friday drop. <laughs> like the artists yeah. build it up, build it up, and then I saw like on a Wednesday, you're like. Well, Rapzilla just posted it, so here you go. <laughs> <laughs> nah, nah, we uh, we were gonna release the video that time anyway, so it yeah. was all good. I just I I always love picking with Rapzilla because everybody picks with him anyway. So, and I know those guys pretty well, so I pick yeah. with them. So you you shot that, and you were like in L.A. and stuff. So that was clearly pre pre pandemic, right? When you made that Man, video, yeah, bro. We it was it literally was the week before oh, California lockdown. Like how, I, does we it, were, how does it feel ahead. like as an artist, though, like you're now late October releasing new music that you actually finished that back six, eight months ago. We talked to Jamie about that. She wrote her book a year ago. Yeah. How does it feel as an artist is uh, like you've evolved in that time. You've started yeah. you've done new projects in that time. Yeah, and I know yeah. for me, my next one is my best one. And as soon as like we're done with an issue of the magazine or something, I never look at it again. I'm always thinking about the next one. Like, what are we going to do? I, like, yeah. how? I, how I couldn't imagine finishing a project and then releasing it a year later. And I would hate it. I would never look at it. I would never yeah. listen to it. And you got to promote it. Is, is yeah. it really? Nah. So the thing is like with me, so I used to be like that because I'd be listening to the album the whole time up until the record came out. But now I kind of just finish stuff. Once it's mixed and mastered, it goes in the tank and I'm, I'm done with it. Until it on. releases again, so then it becomes a little more fresh to me. Yeah. Okay. So that's kind of what it is. I've always been, I always try to focus on what I'm doing now, because otherwise you're right. You'll put it out and then you're like, all right, guys, I got this song. I hope you like it. You know? That? <laughs> yeah. It's like in my mind, it'd be like it's stale. I'm doing better stuff now. I hope you like it, but I don't really like it. You know? Yeah. So you know, you gotta you gotta not give yourself the main two things that kill artists is demo ear where they listen to like the rough mix of the song for six months straight. And then when you actually make it sound good, they're like, it just doesn't sound right. It's like, because you've been listening to it with the vocals, you know, times 10, you know, uh, right. that, J and then also just not getting bored. Yeah. Jamie, how did you do, how has it been like promoting a book message that you came up with two years ago? It's and so then, weird. It's weird because my friend Jenny told me when I released my first book, she's like, whatever you write, and this might be for music or whatever. She goes, whatever you write, be prepared to talk about it for two years. And you no. do. Like, you've been, I've been talking about it for like three months leading up to this. And then the book came out and everyone's like, you got to still keep talking about this. Like, I'll be talking about this message for the next year. And I wrote it a year ago. I mean, it's, it's crazy. 
It's that, weird. That that I have like a terrible memory, especially when it comes to anything I've like worked on. Like there's been times where like I want to reference something that I know I read and I'll pull up an art like an old article from relevant. I'll start reading it and I'm like, oh, this is really good. This is, you know, I'm like, <laughs> I think I wrote this. It, like, <laughs> it, took, it took me like 800 words to be like, no, dude, you wrote that like a year you ago. You wrote this. Like, yeah. I, I had it Jesse, yeah. that's a different beast though. The amount of content that you have created over the last 15 years. I mean, like, you were turning out, I'm going to go, you posted daily, you probably wrote six or seven items that were all between 500 and a thousand words yep. mm. every day, five mm-hmm. days a week, mm. 50 weeks a year Yep. for 15 years. Well, and then, and then all the long form mag pieces and long right. form stuff on the site, you know, all uh, the interviews, all the conversations, dude, you've, I, you've like gone places that you probably don't even know that you've been. You know, like you've, you've talked to people that you have no recollection of. There are, there could be, there are tons of interviews that I've done that I'll be, I was like looking through some old folders yesterday, looking for a file. And I'm like, I, if, if I hadn't seen these, I would have never remembered these conversations ever happened. You know, it is, it is like, I think your memory just hits a point where it's like, I got too much stuff and I'm going to start shedding things. (laughs) And fortunately for me, mine, my mind sheds like (laughs) valued memories from you know hard professional achievements instead of like random trivia about 90 sitcoms <laughs> like it's keeping the wrong stuff you know it's keeping yeah. stuff that serves me and no, well it only serves me it serves like you doing, sometimes yeah like yeah occasionally I, I but talking about you know skills that that can serve a need can, can i can i pivot real quick and talk about something that a, a, a stark revelation i had recently please Yes, please tell us. Have you guys, do you guys ever watch those shows like uh, Alone is one of them or like, you know, you know, like Naked and Afraid or all these stories where they basically, they take like a normal person and put them in some sort of survival, you know, situation in the wilderness, right? Right. Like it's a whole genre right now. It's just watching other people suffer. And every time (laughs) I watch one of them, I'm like, you know what? I think I'd be just fine. Like, I think I'd be all right (laughs) out there. I could, I could, uh, you know, I could first couple days make Stick shelter, kind of lay low, uh, you know, eat some berries, mushrooms, ride this thing out. That would be, I wouldn't Avoid put a lot the of mushrooms. Avoid yeah. the no, mushrooms. No. I'll figure it out. I'll ride it out. Jesse, so over, the years, be- <laughs> over the years, Jesse has made some very passionate cases that he would be an, uh, the winner of Survivor. Like Easily. he would. Easily. Oh. I think I would just glide through the competition. Yeah. Why? He'd be friends with everybody. So he's going through all the different alliances and stuff. Yep. And, yeah, yeah, I would transcend alliances. And then when it comes down to it, I'm just going to win that immunity idol. They take no prisoners. Yeah. But, but so, so we have like a little fire pit in our backyard, right? And, and it's getting cool. And be like, dude, it'd be really fun to do a fire, you know? And so uh, I was like, all right, well, I know, I know where I can get firewood, right? Like, I, at 7-Eleven, of course. They have firewood right outside. So go to like three 7-Elevens, there's no firewood. And Jesse, just- okay, first of all, I thought I have a fire pit because of you. You yeah. told me to get a fire pit when I moved into this house. Yeah. But, and I was going to get a, just one of those cauldrons to yep. put wood in. And you're like, dude, it's going to change your life. You got to get a propane one, get a gas 
fire it pit. Broke. It you, broke. It oh, broke. Okay. I was going to say, the gas one broke. I was like, I'm living the click, click, and I have a fire going life well, because of you, and you're sitting here talking about my, build it broke. It, the okay. old one broke. And so I've got right. this, I got this wood one, which is tremendous amount of work. And so anyway, I can't, long story short, I can't just buy firewood. So I'm driving back, and, I, and, a, and a neighbor has just cut down a tree and is chainsawing it up. And I'm like, dude, can I get some of this, these pieces of wood? That's so wet wood, though. Yeah, well, the, the problem also is it wasn't split. Okay, right. it's like this a big stump, and I was like, right. "Well, how hard could this possibly be?" I've never split wood before, but again, if I'm left to my own devices out in the wild, I right. think I can survive. How hard could it be? I have an axe. I don't know that I've ever used it, and I, I think it came with a house. I think it was just in the shed. It was in the shed behind the pull toys. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh, the previous owner left us an axe because I I've never recalled purchasing an axe. I ne- like I know I'm almost certain. I've never walked into the store yeah. and been like, I need that axe right there. Yeah. You know, I, I need, and, yeah. so I'm pretty sure I never purchased it. And I think I would have remembered if someone gifted me an axe. Like, that's a very yeah. weird thing. Like, yeah. <laughs> like the wrapping paper just shaped like an axe with a bow on it. Oh, cool. An axe. What a great gift. So anyway, so I, so I was like, well, there is an axe here. How hard could this be? If you've never tried splitting wood before, it is Dude. the hardest task. I've, cause I've, cause I don't even know where to hit it. I'm like, do am I just hitting it right down the middle? It, it took so long to, to to split like one piece of wood for a 15 minute fire. Like, I, I mean, I'm like ice in my back. It's like, okay, I, I came to a realization. I'm dead. I'm a dead man on those shows. Literally, you dead. won't make it. Like, not only am I tapping out for the producers, I probably won't make it the first night. Like, I can't even. <laughs> split wood if it's not purchased for me from 7-Eleven. They don't have axes and stuff on those shows. You, you, you're you good at getting crafty. You're not good at skilled labor. You're yeah. good at you know, kind of just winging it. And that's yeah. what you, it's a skill you gotta have, man. I think yeah. you'd be fine. I, I, I Yeah, I, up until it came down to do anything useful, like make a fire. <laughs> like then, make fire. Then it's like, guys, hey, we're screwed here. I, who's got the sat phone? Call the producers in, let's get them out. There's no way we're starting a fire. It's freaking impossible. Yeah, I don't think you would be good at finding food either. Forging for food. Yeah, like, hey guys, good news. Another batch of leaf soup over here. Cold. <laughs> it just leaves in, it just leaves in cold water. Because we don't have a fire. Unfortunately, yeah, this is actually not bad if you if you can boil it. But uh, yeah. as you know, the fire's off the table. So it's, it's not leaf soup. It's just wet leaves. And that's what's for dinner. So stop complaining, everyone. Roll the dice with that mushroom. <laughs> See what happens. <laughs> All right, we have a great show in store for you today. Coming up later, uh, we have the band We the Kingdom, a uh, Nashville band. They're joining us. And uh, we have an interesting, you know, normally we've been doing the hot list on the on the Friday show, telling you what's happening this week. And we told you last week that we're transitioning it to link up with our new relevant news videos that we've been putting out. And uh, so we have the first relevant news section, but... Tyler's not here. He's on vacation today. So bad timing on our part. So we're going to do relevant news, but we're going to be a little bit different than normal. So stay tuned. What's up next? I just want to focus on my goal. Yeah. Cause now I'm holding up, but I ain't know so many things were going to hold me up. Wanted to rock the vote when I was growing up. Now they hit the re-rock. Now they slow me up. I just want to get to the ballot. I just want to feel like I'm valid. Put in my vote, I can have it. But that shouldn't feel like magic. It's the best way to make my voice heard and that should be automatic. That's my American right. I'm flexing my right if I got it. You're listening to Janae Iko. Yeah.
The song is Vote. Very timely message. But today's show is brought to you by BetterHelp. Is something preventing you from experiencing peace or achieving your goals? With the heaviness of all that's happening in the world right now, it can be difficult to find peace and purpose, and that's why there's BetterHelp. BetterHelp will assess your needs and match you with your own licensed professional therapist. You connect in a safe and private online environment, and you can start communicating in just 24 hours. You'll get timely and thoughtful responses, plus you can schedule weekly video or phone sessions, and you can message your counselor anytime. To top it all off, BetterHelp is more affordable than traditional offline counseling and financial aid is available. We want you to start living a happier life today. As a relevant podcast listener, you'll get 10% off your first month by visiting betterhelp.com slash relevant. Join over 1 million people taking charge of their mental health. Again, that's betterhelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash relevant. All right. So normally this is where we would do the hot list. Next week, we will be introducing our new relevant news with an all new little jingle. It's not dirty sounding. It's great. <laughs> I've heard it. I'm very, very inspired by it. But because this is neither nor, I didn't want to waste the jingle on y'all. Yeah. So this oh, week, nice. I'm just going to bring you guys a few things that we've been coming out relevant this week. I'm going to pretend to be Tyler Huckabee right now. So, so you're not. So this week, it's not hot. <laughs> It's not the hot list like it was. It's not like uh, this. Is more kind of of a of an interesting, lukewarm list. It's, it's more hot, of a hot. Yeah, it's more of a cold bowl of tea water or leaf leaves. water. Leaf leaves. water. Leaves. Yeah. yeah. Now we got yeah. a few interesting items that we've been covering. These are these are stories that have been blown up on the site over the last couple of days. Uh, we we had a story uh, talking about uh, what's happening to the Chinese church. So you know, there's the underground church which is exploding, but there's also a lot of people don't realize some sanctioned, approved, government approved Christian churches in China. You know, I think the MO everybody thinks is smuggling Bibles and whatever, but there is actually mm-hmm. an approved thing. Now they censor it. They censor the hymn books. Uh, they're very involved. Well. Um, it, a story leaked this week, obviously it had to be anonymously reported a story leaked this week that we picked up on that in many regions of China, uh, the Chinese government is removing crosses from the buildings where the sanctioned churches are meeting. Uh, a couple of months ago in the city of Lin Yi, which is in the Shandong province, um, the, the municipal, uh, government government, it's called the United front work uh, department convened area pastors to tell them that their crosses would be removed because as one official stated at the meeting, quote, there were too many Christians in Lin Yi. And if any of the pastors protested at the meeting to the plan to remove the crosses from their buildings, the pastors were warned that their churches would be leveled to the ground. A couple of weeks later, uh, they started removing all of the crosses and we have photos and photos have leaked of the before and after of these buildings where there's a big cross and then it is gone. I mean, it's just gone. So there's no indication that Christians meet here anymore. Uh, as the demolitions were happening, uh, onlookers gathered and a Lin Yi official reportedly said to the onlookers, quote, crosses must be removed from all churches because Christianity does not belong in China. Wow. In another in another district uh, in the city of Zhuangjiang in the Zhangai uh, uh, province, uh, those officials ordered more their seventy affiliated churches in that area to remove the cross symbol and the Chinese characters for Christianity from the official seals of the churches, like on their signs, mm-hmm. and replace those symbols with the Communist Party's five pointed star. So they are doing a whitewashing of the official churches in China as a deliberate effort to stop the growth and spread of the faith, which is 
uh, growing there more quickly than almost anywhere in the world. So it's really interesting. Uh, we ran this this week because it was an interesting look at actual Christian persecution, yeah. unlike much of the quote unquote persecution happening to Christians in the U.S. So, yeah, uh, it, it's, it's a good perse- reminder. It's persecution versus persecution complex. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, yeah. Yeah. you know, I mean, there's a lot of Christians who operate under you know the assumptions that they're going to face persecution for their faith and when they never actually do you know there uh, there seems to be some contingency that developed this persecution complex where they look for evidence of you know people persecuting from their faith when there is none you know and then you know all that does to to your point cameron is take away attention for actual you know, th- th- this isn't just this isn't just, you know, cr- religious persecution. This is, you know, a, a terrifying authoritarian government, uh, you know, dictating what people not just what people can believe. You know what I mean? Like, it's not just dictating whether you can claim to be a part of a group. It's what information you ultimately even have access to. Mm-hmm. You know, there, there's been uh, stories of them, you know, editing, you know, Bibles mm-hmm. and um well, I mean, yeah. to that point, one of the pastors uh, in Xinjiang uh, said, quote, all official churches were ordered to replace their seals so that believers accept the party as the main mm-hmm. leader and follow only it. One of the parishioners at that church said the state is removing crosses, altars, church seals and censors hymn books. What's next? This is a disguised way to eradicate our faith. Wow. So I have a question, Cameron, you said that the this You know, we have like people, the underground church who are like, you know, having church and following Jesus in secret for fear of what we're seeing here. Uh, But this has been um, allowed and available. So do you think I'm asking you guys all, do you think this will just move more people? Obviously, it seems like the answer is yes, to take their faith underground and they won't we we won't see churches anymore because they're not going to say yes to going along with this. Is that that's that's what this is where this is going. It has to be right. Yeah. I mean, but think about when Christianity has most thrived. Mm-hmm. In fact, our uh, conversation with Rick Warren last week, he talked about this. We ran the full thing on unedited. Um, and he talked about, you know, pandemic and things like that. He, he said historically over the last 2000 years, the times Christianity has has uh, spread the most mm-hmm. is when it was m- most squashed and most persecuted. Mm-hmm. And so therefore what's happening in China is just proof positive of that. I agree with you. I think it'll probably just mean uh, less official, mm-hmm. vi- you know, visible yeah. expressions of Christianity, but it'll probably thrive even more than it is now. This is a huge problem in, in China with, you know, not only with, you know, Christians too. I mean, you look at, uh, you know, there's the, the Uyghur community there, there's Muslim communities there as well. Um, you know, that in some of these communities, people are sent to re-education, re-education camps. And, right. and when you hear stories out of there uh, about, you know, the daily, the New York times uh, podcast did a, a couple episode series a while ago about, uh, you know, people who have made it out of these kind of re-education camps or people who have family members that are basically abducted, brought to these re-education camps, and they literally have to go through classes to indoctrinate them about, you know, putting government over religious beliefs, you know, and, and, and some of the, even just the, uh, the, 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 how, 
much power the Chinese government has, you know, when these people are corresponding on the phone, when they get when they're released from the reeducation camps, you know, there's they can tell that the other there's someone else, the government official listening to make sure Mm. these people are saying the right things. I mean, this is it's it's Orwellian and terrifying about what they can do and get away with. Yeah. Uh, this next thing, it transitions to kind of what's happening with pandemic and, you know, kind of church and religious persecution, which is a big hot point in America. Uh, we did a relevant news video this week that Tyler actually, uh, did a couple of days ago, uh, kind of telling the story of kind of how different major churches are responding to COVID. Uh, the story came out last week that, at Bethel Church in Redding, California, they had a, a COVID outbreak there among their staff and uh, ministry school students. And so it just brought to light, you know, kind of that conversation again of like, as churches, more and more churches are reopening, how should we handle this right now? Uh, if you didn't see the relevant news video, you can find it on our website and on our social. You should watch it. But that's something I wanted to highlight. Um, the, the piece had two clips, one from uh, a pastor, uh, major pastor, John MacArthur, who has very famously, and we've been reporting it, you know, kind of been meeting in defiance of his local regulations, uh, saying that he'll, if he, you know, he'll go to jail for the faith. He, he issued a statement this week, a video advocating uh, other pastors to reopen who cares about the law, who cares what this is no big deal. Reopen your churches, stop being scared. Um, I wanted to play a clip that we ran on relevant news of what John MacArthur has been saying. You have a 99.999 chance to survive COVID. It's just not what they're saying it is. That absolutely does not warrant shutting down anything, but especially absurdly and arbitrarily churches that have a special protection from the Constitution. Oh, and at the same time, leaving open abortion clinics, strip clubs, and marijuana dispensaries. So there's one perspective. Uh, I also wanted to highlight part of our our conversation with Rick Warren last week, where I asked him uh, how uh, they were doing at Saddleback. And and actually, if you listen to the full interview, which was on unedited, he probably spent 20 or 30 minutes talking about all the things that's happening there at Saddleback. He said, honestly, you know, I get it that churches that are only have one mission, which is corporate worship. I get that they're suffering right now, but if your church has a broader mission than that, uh, which is like serving others and community and da, 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 like we actually haven't seen any negative effect. He said, we've seen more souls coming to Christ during this season. We've seen the church has grown during the season uh, in significant ways. They've done more outreach in this season and a lot more things. Um, it's an interesting model, but he still isn't having in-person services and doesn't plan to anytime soon. Here's what he said about why. This is a safety issue. It's mm-hmm. a, you know, if we were the only ones closed, no, nobody's going to NFL games. Right. Okay. Regal just closed down 650 theaters permanently. Mm-hmm. Disney just laid off 28,000 people last week. Yep. Um, uh, so uh, we're not being discriminated against. And some people are willing, some churches are willing to gamble the health uh, of their people. I'm not. Good. Uh, the good shepherd uh, prays for sheep, cares for sheep. One day I will be responsible. Uh, I don't want to be a super spreader. Uh, I'm not, I'm not afraid. I'm not doing this out of fear. I'm doing this out of love. Yeah. And and you wear a mask for love your neighbors yourself. 
he went on from there, but uh, that would be the other side of the uh, yeah. conversation. <laughs> because because the, the, you know, pastors who are like, I'm being persecuted for my faith. We need to stand up for faith. You're not being persecuted for your faith. No one cares about what you believe. People care that you're violating public health policy by holding mass gatherings. They don't care. They, they don't, no, one can, no one's persecuting anyone because of their belief system. Here's a question for me. The question is this. All right, let's rewind maybe, what, three, four months when people were protesting legally and, you know, they were protesting the death of African-Americans who had been killed by police and things of that nature. And the biggest response from this community, especially the super ultra conservative, is that you are to respect authorities because they are sent from God. Like, so therefore the Breonna Taylors, the George Floyds, et cetera, et cetera, because they just didn't comply, they got what they deserved and that we all should seek to follow our leaders. So how, how, which one is it? Are they sent from God when I agree with them and not sent from God when I disagree? Or is it they sent from God and I'm supposed to listen at all times? I need to know for you know for my sanity so if you want to if you're saying we got to listen to our leaders it's only when we like what they're saying yeah that's the question is it is it okay i like what this leader is saying or is it and is it just certain leaders so is it i always listen to the president and never listen to like what what's the criteria for that because right now you're breaking the governor's law right you're breaking your local community's law and if the police were to come, you're like, yo, I'm going to die. Like, I'm going to go to jail for this. Like, in my mind, I'm like, what, what, where did the comply? Where did that go? Yeah. Because the leaders are from God. Yeah. Where did that go? Yeah. And if you disobey your leaders, you're disobeying God. That's literally what a lot of that, that same community would say. So that doesn't make sense. The me. tough thing for me too, is what, what this message is saying to non-Christians, Sheesh. you know, they're like, we're just, selfish and unwise and don't care about the greater good or other people's health. And so we selfishly are going to gather because we want to, and you can't tell us what to do. I mean, it's like, mm. I, I, where, what happened to being a good well, citizen? And, and, and not only yeah. that, I mean, even, <laughs> you know, they, for so long, evangelical, you know, particularly evangelicals have made, you know, the issue of abortion under the guise of being pro-life, one of their their like stakeholding political positions. And you just heard John MacArthur say, well, you know, according to him, I, I think that I think that we're learning more and more about, the, you know, coronavirus and, you know, the, the results of the pandemic. But, you know, when he says how callously he's able to say, well, you know, it has a ninety nine point nine percent survival rate. Well, hey, there's uh, three hundred over three hundred, almost three hundred fifty million people in this country. So if everybody got it, it's only that's only uh, j- just under a, a few a million people will die. A million people. Mm-hmm. We've already two hundred thousand have already died. Like, mm-hmm. how can you seriously consider yourself pro life if you're so willing to casually say, hey, that point one percent that dies? 
at least we've got to go to men's group. Uh, 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 you know, mm. the church luncheon still happened. It's only a couple people died. And it's like, you, you can't, it, it, again, it's, it highlights the same, it's a different hypocrisy, but the same comfort level with hypocrisy that Derek's talking about. It's, hey, I want to be pro-life when it's convenient, or I want to say comply with the government when it's convenient. But if if I don't like it, then I'll throw that value out the window. And it's it's this ability for these Christian leaders just to be be two-faced it's 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 so frustrating sometimes to watch you know I think too with something like this is you have to look at every every government official in your state or your mayor they're all there's different rules per where you live I mean there's different about who can gather who cannot gather how many people you can have all those things and so like I know our church is gathering outside with mask on so like that's what they're doing is like you can't go indoors and you have to have a mask on and you need to kind of be um, spread apart a little bit. And I can tell you from just my husband being on staff at a church is that what whatever you do, whether you say we're going to gather, which if the government officials say you shouldn't, you shouldn't because you're breaking the law. So that that's just a moot point. But if you're in a place that says you can gather, there's going to be people who are like, y'all are the worst people in the world because you're gathering. If you don't gather, there's people mm-hmm. that are coming at you going, y'all are the pe- worst people in the world because you're not gathering. And so I think that it's a responsibility of a church leader to look at what is the what is my city saying that we can and cannot do, right? Like, what are they saying that we can and cannot do? And then taking the best extremes that you can take care of your people, just like Rick Warren said, it's not about, it's because I love my people. Um, and so it's, all I'm saying is it's a, it's a difficult thing. I don't think you should break government laws by any means. But if you live in a city like mine where they're like, hey, you can gather outside with masks on, that's what we're choosing to do as a church. And that's what it is, you know? It. I think that's amazing, Jamie. I'm like, that's different. What you're saying is I'm following every guideline that my city, state, and country are allowing me to follow. And what, and and I believe we are doing our best to, to also serve in the sense of worship, but then also in the same sense, also make sure that we're taking care of the most vulnerable in our community. Like that, I think that's honorable, you know, but to say I'm doing this, in defiance right. of government, Come take me to jail and all that. That's, hypo- that's hypocritical. Yeah. It's either the government is sent from God and we're supposed to follow it to the T, because that's what I'm told when I see uh, a black dude get shot six times in the back getting in his car. Yeah is that he should have complied. If you wouldn't have complied, he'd be alive. You know, not, hey, you know, this guy, like, so I guess that's the thing. I'm like, well, which one is it? Is it comply or die? So if someone goes into John MacArthur's church and shoots him dead because he's not complying to COVID rules, is that justice? Because that's what those people say is justice when it comes to us. Like, so, like, I guess that's the crazy part about the whole thing. It's just the the crazy level Level of hypocrisy. I'm like, man, I love consistent people. Like, the thing about it is Cameron Strain is consistently an Orlando Magic fan. Without 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 fail. <laughs> he's, he's never not an Orlando Magic fan. Come hell or high I, water. I've yeah. never not seen him not be an Orlando Magic fan. And True. that's why I know with his basketball takes, I take them serious because he's consistent. <laughs> well, I don't take John MacArthur serious. I don't take I, I can't take you serious yeah. because one minute the Bible means this, and the next minute it means something else. 
And it's all based usually on your preferences. I can't take mm. that. I just, it's not even a thing that's like good or bad. It's like, why even take it serious? Like The thing that Rick has taught me over the years is that he has a consistent ethic. He is pro-life, holistically pro-life. He calls it whole life mm-hmm. from, from womb to tomb. And, and, and the Bible talks about living your life selflessly for others, for the, for the good of others. And, and living an example of humility, of contrition, the last shall be first and things like that. And that, that it's not about power. It's not about being right, you know, and, and Rick lives that out, man, mm. like behind the scenes and, and from the pulpit, he's consistent in that ethic. And the, what he said that was so powerful to me was what Jamie tapped into was he said, I'm not, I'm not taking this cautious approach out of fear, but I'm doing it out of love. And, and that mm. to me is like, isn't that how the church should be modeling our actions that we should be known for our love, that we should Amen. be known for yeah. caring for the most vulnerable, not power and my right to do what I want to do. I don't care about the vulnerable. You know yeah. what I mean? It's like, uh, it's just, mm. it's just such a weird time in the church world right now, you know? Yeah. And, mm. uh, <laughs> I think it's important that we don't ignore it and that we talk about it. We wrestle with it and we don't let us go the wrong direction. Us being the big C church, you know, like yeah. we need to fight for what the Bible talked about, what Jesus talked about. Listen, when you think yeah. about it, this story, you just, we, this story just followed a story about churches in China who are having to say they agree with the government and not with Jesus, or they're having to take down their crosses or having to lose their ability to worship. And so when you put those side by side, it's like, okay, come on people. Like, Rick, come on. Yeah, I, I love it. Well, let me say this too. I haven't been hating the Zoom church thing, to be honest with you. <laughs> Are you still watching? Look, like you're still there every yeah, Sunday? Yeah, we, we, we virtual. I mean, most, uh, you know. The only I, thing I miss is is worship. Like I yeah. hate TV worship, man. Yeah, it's like it's, TV worship is bad. It's like, what am I supposed to do here? Just watch quietly? I keep singing by myself. But at, yeah, but at least on the TV worship, like the mix is good. Some of these, like the, <laughs> the first one I go to, I'm like, hey man, I think, uh, I don't know what's coming out of the board, but what's coming through Zoom right now, uh, that backup singer's really hot. And those vocals are really hot. And I'm not going to lie, all I hear is the backup vocals. And I don't see hear yourself, judging from how it sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, but the thing about the, the, the Zoom, church thing man is uh or, or the live stream hey look you are you can it, sunday mornings it, it, you you feel i don't know about you but in my house if everyone's out the door and and we're only going to be 10 minutes late we're only missing the first two songs like we did pretty good this week like <laughs> hey we're, we're, we, we, we're not gonna have to slide in you know at the time where they dismiss the children there's all that chaos in the sanctuary and you can slide in no i was here you saved my seat yeah i've been here a whole time of course you know the zoom church you you can literally watch it in bed. You know, I can, I can, I can be, I can have the computer under my covers if I want while watching it. I'm, so you're, I'm not your ch- it. You go, your church is a, uh, kids are there for the worship. And then at yep. the end of worship, yeah, they, they dismiss, dismiss the kids them. and go to kids yeah. church. Yeah. My church growing up was like that. Yeah. It was like, it was like, I liked walking out, you know what I mean? Like going yeah. to kids they, church. Well, like it was like, you know, everybody looking at you. Well, well, they, yeah. that, they bring them up on the stage to pray what? for them before the release. So like, all oh, the kids come nice. up, you know, while the offering is happening or whatever, and the kids are up there and the pastor prays for them before they go to the Sunday school. I have never seen such pride in my son's eyes sitting up on the church stage, just looking back at the audience like, that's right. That's right. I'm on stage. I will be dismissed <laughs> soon to do something fun while you guys have to sit through a sermon. We're, we're, in there, we're in there making, you know, paper cutouts of the Ten Commandments. It's pretty cool, you know? 
<laughs> All right. Lastly, uh, I'm bringing something specifically for Derek because he's a big Kanye fan. Hey. Now, now, if you've been following the Kanye saga, we talked about it a couple months ago. We'd stop talking about it because it was not fun. Right. It was kind of sad. We didn't want to make light of he seemed to be going through a tough time. If you've been following him on social media over the last month or so, seems like and I say this, you know, sensitively, seems like he's in a good place. Like right. posting family photos. He's happy. It seems like things are on the right direction. And so it's interesting that in that season, in this season, just this week, a couple of days ago, he dropped two new things on social media. Uh, first of all, he dropped a new song. We'll play a clip here in a second. But he also on Instagram dropped a campaign video. Now, I was skeptical because I was like, man, is he still running for president? Like, is he really doing this seriously? But if you watch it, I think obviously he knows he's not going to win, right? I think he's not actually trying to win anything. I think what he's trying to do is use this as an opportunity to get his message out. And if you watch it through that lens, that he's just kind of shifting modes to like trying to advocate mm -hmm. toward change in a positive direction for mm -hmm. America. It's interesting. Here's a clip of Kanye West's uh, campaign commercial that he dropped this week. America, what is America's destiny? What is best for our nation, our people? What is just, true justice? We have to think about all these things together as a people to contemplate our future to live up to our dream, we must have vision. We as a people will revive our nation's commitment to faith, to what our constitution calls the free exercise of religion, including, of course, prayer. Through prayer, faith can be restored. We as a people are called to a greater purpose than ourselves. We are not only a beacon to the world, but we should be servants to each other, to encourage each other, to help each other, to lift up each other, our fellow Americans, that we may all prosper together. It goes on, it's about two minutes long. It's worth checking out. We good. have it at irrelevantmagazine.com. Yeah. Exactly. It's even like, what I'm we were just talking this. about. It's about being a beacon and lifting each other up, yeah. right? I mean, I, that's I want amazing. more campaign ads like this, not like the, not like the park truck. Bobby Newport says, like, yeah. like yeah. The, the campaign spending all your money yeah. the day Bobby after the Newport election wants to take all your candy and your money. Yeah. Are you voting for Bobby Newport? Yeah, the the campaigns by me have gotten so desperate. Like <laughs> they've gotten like they've literally their attack ads have nothing left to attack, so they're just attacking <laughs> other attack ads. Like there's literally one. There's literally one. And, and they're like, <laughs> I've seen it so many times. They're like local news or, or you, you know, getting geo targeted for YouTube ads. And look, this is this is the, the only scandal they have left. They were like, Have you seen Elaine Lawyer's new slick ad? Looks like she's spending all her time on Hollywood style ads. No. <laughs> she should be governing for you. Check out this slick ad. And you're like, the, the only thing we're attacking is that their ads are too good. Like, it's like, it's like the only thing left to attack is the quality, which isn't bad. So we got to attack how good it is. Like, give me more of these Kanye ads because they, my these are Inspire. getting insane. Yeah, yeah. Go that back. was so good. Yeah. yeah, it's worth watching the whole thing. Honestly, that's the thing is like he's trying to inspire America. Like we're better than this. I loved what he said. Like we should be a beacon and and be known for our service to others and lifting others yeah. up. It's just that's what we Christians. were talking about. Exactly. That's what we should be known for. That's yeah. my guy. I love Kanye. And so uh, right after that, 
on, I think it was Tuesday night, he also dropped a new song. It's the first new song that he's dropped since uh, in June when he did Watch Us in the Blood with uh, Travis Scott. It's called Na Na Na. In the song, he raps about his presidential run. He uh, mentions his appearance on Nick Cannon's podcast, which went viral, and uh, his public contract dispute with Universal Music Group, which he's been tweeting about quite a bit. Here's a clip of Na Na Na. Next time you text, can it wait? You were talking to a presidential candidate. I know you think Obi-Wan getting tired now. Don't jump, Anakin, I got the higher ground. I'm going to hit the moon, walk like I seen Tito. Man, a bumble song like President Gavito. Got the sign up for the Vito, eh? I don't need to sign a release. I'm a Frito, man. This is the video game. This is he set the uh, song to footage of Star Wars and a UFC knockout from a couple weeks ago. So he tweeted that out and we have it at relevantmags.com. You should go check it out. It's pretty good. What do you think, Derek? Uh, it's cool. You don't like it? It's all right. You don't like it. You don't like it. Did you like Watch This in the Blood? I thought Watch This in the Blood was cool. I thought yeah, it was pretty like, good. It's better yeah. than this, for sure. Yeah, he's your boy, right? I love Kanye. I love Kanye. I'm just waiting on. I'm waiting on to put it together. He He always, he always to put his life together or put his music together. The music, the music. I I need the like. I need the music. If he can do the music to match where the message is going, I'm gonna, I'm gonna get Kanye tatted on my right butt cheek. So, (laughs) it's just like we're just waiting on the music. Like his face or his name on your right butt cheek. (laughs) Oh, a whole portrait. Oh, wow. Yeah, like like his face or just his name. What what I'm going to do is I'm going to get the face with the uh, the glasses with the the shades in them. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. That's easier. Yeah, I'll get that one. Just the the face with that right on my my right butt cheek. So (laughs) that's what we're going to do. He said back in June that in July he would release his new album, Donda. Date came and went. I believe nah. it was the same day that Taylor Swift released her album. It, it was. Yeah. It was like he was Kanye like, just I'm, didn't I'm cool. do it. Yeah, yeah he I'm just cool. didn't do it. Don't worry about so, it. We'll well, see what it was like, I mean, it, it, that's kind of a pattern with with them in releasing music. Release dates tend to come and go with albums or partial albums not being released or being released. And kind of, it was like the life of Pablo. It was essentially like a living album because he I just think he kept does that on purpose. It. Yeah, yeah. I think he does it on purpose too, because I think it, every time you miss a release date or someone that big, it builds up anticipation for the next one. Yeah, but so life I think, of I think but life of Pablo, he didn't. He like he missed it and then released it on title, and then wasn't happy that most people couldn't hear it. So then he pulled it and then he put put it out on. Spotify. I mean, just like it was such a messy rollout. Yeah, it did not yeah. look. It did not look planned. Like I'm building anticipation. It was just nobody could hear it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It was just. It was a mess. Oh well. All right. Well, that'll do it for our whatever that was. Good job, um, Cameron. Yeah, I appreciate go. it. Thank you. <laughs> it was great, bro. Yeah, you did a good nice. job. I mean, Stay it's not good as Tyler, but you did a good job. <laughs> Stay tuned. I'm next. Uh, we the Kingdom joins us. University's Truett Seminary. Kingdom-minded women and men are equipped to follow their callings. Classes at Truett are offered both in person and online. 
While committed to the formation and community provided by residential education, Truett also offers opportunities to make a seminary education more accessible. Wherever you are and wherever your calling may take you, Truett Seminary will help prepare you for the journey. Learn more at baylor.edu slash Truett. Selfish, you preserve your image when I'm out. It's motive, you don't act like you want me around you. Holla, don't you dare go holla on me now. Holla, don't you dare go holla on me, on me. Try to be so cool, I did your friends, but I'm just too good. Forgot my worth, but it's not worth it, cause I make two, three times a rack, so yearly base, so I'm just too cool to cook for you. I wish you never you're listening to Victor Internet. The song is Hollow. We the Kingdom is a Christian band from Nashville, Tennessee. Uh, they've gotten over 126 million streams to date, and their breakout song, Holy Water, spent several consecutive weeks at number one on the Billboard Christian AC chart. The, the, their music is kind of a mixture of a worship band and a pop band. It's really good stuff. Our very own Tyler Huckabee recently sat down with the whole band to talk about the tension of being creative in a community and how sometimes that tension leads to artistic breakthroughs. Here is part of our conversation with We the Kingdom. For God so loved the world that he gave us His one and so to save us Okay, so first up, obviously, this pandemic is sort of hard for all of us in different ways, but I think it's extra hard for musicians right now. Uh, Tell me about the process of releasing a new album during Rona season. We have found that there are all kinds of emotions for us going into releasing a record right now. We were on tour just like everybody else and, you know, got the plug pulled out. And, And so we came home and we were supposed to be making our record while we were on the road. Which is which is doable, but really chaotic at the same time. You know, to try to go play every night and you know wake up and record as much as you can, kind of hamster on a wheel, and then you go right back to shows and whatever. So, for us, as far as our record was concerned, it was a real blessing in disguise to get to come home from tour and hunker down for a few months and quarantine together and make a record. You know, so I think that we made a very different album than we would have made had we been on tour and. I think we would all say that we made a much better record than we would have made on tour because of a couple of reasons. One, we were able to focus really, uh, you know, pointedly on it. But at the same time, man, we were wrestling with this massive emotional weight of this global crisis and global trauma that, uh, you know, trickled down from 7 billion people to every single individual. And I think we had to, to as we were making this record, come to terms with how do we feel about what's happening in the world and how do we feel about it individually and collectively. I'm 
really glad that you all have been able to focus so much on hopeful songs, but I feel like that's kind of tough right now, too, because an honest assessment of the world is that there's a lot of things to be genuinely uh, concerned about and kind of scared about. How do you all balance the tension of staying hopeful while still understanding that a lot of people are justifiably afraid right now? Typically, when we think of songs of hope, you know, it's like, like you were saying, the positivity and, you know, where we typically want to be, but we're not there yet. It's like where we're trying to go. But I think, um, man, what we're learning in, in songwriting is like when we write honest songs, that actually is hopeful because it not only tells us, but hopefully our listeners that like what you're going through is not only normal, but like completely okay and it's not like a negative thing you know and i think just knowing that gives you hope that like okay where i am is where i'm supposed to be versus like putting this stress and pressure on like i gotta get to where i'm trying to go does that make sense Um, which i feel like a lot of times we do which isn't necessarily a bad thing because it's motivating you know it's like um i'm singing about this one thing that i don't feel but i really want to feel it So it motivates me to get there. But I think there's also um, value to singing about where you are that that gives you hope. Just in the sense of like, it's okay to be where I am. And that that gives me hope. family band situations are are interesting and I'm sure that makes for a lot of good times but I would guess it makes for some tough times too. Tell me the uh, the dynamic of uh, of making music as a family. Because we're all family and we've been through so much together it feels like there's no hiding which can be a good thing and a bad thing where we're just so honest with each other like there's just every hard thing we go through we talk about it or you know just I don't know like talk about our painful experiences we we're not afraid to like let our guard down if we're in a bad mood, you know, which, which is such a beautiful thing to be honest. And it can also make for feeling like very unprofessional, you know, which is good. I mean, we're family. We shouldn't be super professional, but it is different than when I'm writing or making music with other people where I'm like, Oh, I've never met you before. Like, here's my, you know, the first 5% of Franny, the nice girl. Yeah. And then with them, I'm like, oh. <laughs> so it's, like, it's funny, but it does, it has, makes for very intimate um, music because everything is very raw, you know, and it's, it's, um, it's cool how sometimes I'll, I'll go into co-write with people I don't know and it just feels less personal, you know, and it's great and it's awesome and it works, but it's just less personal. And then with them, it's like we've talked about everything that we're writing about. So it just, it makes for a really cool and unique writing and recording experience and even playing live like when I've sung with other people you you kind of like fake it like you go over and then sing with them and be like hey you're right there you know I'm singing you and then with them it's like oh that's my my brother like we've been through so much so I like look at him and we'll like tear up you know just stuff like that it's like it's so much more um I, I guess I just say real you know and I don't know 
it's really it's really cool. It's very different from anything I've ever experienced. songs on the album you're particularly proud of anything that was extra difficult for you all to work on so there's a song called cages on the record and i think that its story is you know similar to the journeys of other songs at times i mean man sometimes song like holy water came quick you know it was it was a uh it just kind of happened it hit us in the face and other songs you have to really strive for we've seen the faithfulness of god as we've walked through our journeys together and so i think our songs reveal that you know they reveal that we're we have friction between us and we have friction you know that 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 we meet sometime in the world and and cages was a song that took us forever to write but I, and i and i love that it is a song that took a long while to come to fruition because it's all about being willing to be vulnerable and to rip off the masks that we wear you know i just love that that songwriting really and songs in general are they're each we can either they're either masks that we can put on to hide the real truth of what's going on in our hearts you know or they're masks we can rip off and we want to write songs that are masks being ripped off so that we can be candid and honest and um and and i think you know we're seeing that in the friction of writing songs we're seeing that happen so an unusual album cycle uh, what are your plans for the rest of 2020 you know maybe maybe write, write some more songs produce more songs for the future and kind of just see see what comes I think it's a it's a hard space because I was talking about this the other day for me a lot of times you get worth on your future you're like you're looking ahead and saying okay I'm heading for this goal um, I feel worth as a human because I have these things I'm pouring into these things I'm doing and so it's a good time to you know set our roots and in the Lord and each other, build our relationships and kind of see what the future holds, you know, pray for the spring, at least two or to happen or something. I think one thing that we have the opportunity now to do is to like do a deep soul dive, you know, so that whenever we can go back out and tour, we can be healthy as we do it, you know, as individuals and as a band. That's mm-hmm. I think that this is a season for health to figure out, you know, for heart health to figure out how, Okay, when we're on the road, how can we love one another well? How can we love ourselves well? How can we love our families well? And all that stuff. We the Kingdom. Check out their new song, God So Loved, wherever you get your music.
Grace, and I wanted to take a moment to tell you about my new book, Finding Quiet. This book started out as my personal journey and diary and evolved into a journey where you and I tackle things like comparison, friendships, relationships, self-doubt, and so much more. We won't tiptoe around our insecurities, but instead we will face them head on as we press into tangible action steps toward knowing and living in freedom. You can purchase Finding Quiet now at jamiegrace.com, on Amazon, or wherever you like to buy your books. I hope you enjoy it. to Chet Faker. The song is low. Love these names. Well, many thanks to We The Kingdom for joining us. Uh, you can follow them online at We The Kingdom on all the platforms. And while you're online, hey, I want to tell you about something over at relevantmagazine.com. This week, we're actually launching a couple of cool new newsletters. Now, I know we don't all we all don't want to get more emails, but we have created a couple of newsletters that I think you're going to like. Number one, we are going to be offering a daily newsletter of a curated selection of the five most popular headlines at relevantmagazine.com that day. It'll keep you in the news. It's a quick browse. It'll keep you in the loop about what's going on, what's trending, what people are talking about. And it's just a quick in and out. No editorialization. Just here's the top five. There you go. Every day. You can uh, get that email by signing up over at relevantmagazine.com. And in the God section, we are launching a daily devotional called Deeper Walk. Every weekday we'll be doing, we'll be posting a new uh, devotional, morning devotional. And we also have a Deeper Walk newsletter. So at, I think it's 6 a.m. Eastern every weekday that gets sent out. So then when you wake up in the morning and you go to turn off the alarm on your phone and you hit that email button, boom, right at the top of your inbox is a little three minute devotional to start your day the right way. Go check it out. Deeper Walk and the new daily newsletters over at relevantmagazine.com. Okay, on that note, we'll wrap things up. I'm Cameron Strang. I'm Jesse Carey. I'm Jamie Ivey. I'm Derek Miner. <laughs> we will see you on Tuesday. Have a great weekend, everyone. for listening to The Relevant Podcast. Check out our features, interviews, and news updates every day at relevantmagazine.com. And make sure to follow Relevant on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for the latest. For more great podcasts, browse the shows on The Relevant Podcast Network, which you can find at our site. And while you're there, don't miss the all-new era of Relevant Magazine. A new issue releases every other month at relevantmagazine.com. Bobby Newport wants to take all your candy and your money. Relevant Podcast Network.